So a quick recap of last week, we, uh, excuse me, two weeks ago, the first uh, part of Legacy Faith, we spoke on the woman, which <clears throat> it was um, the main point of really, there was a story that we spoke on. It was about the woman and the issue of blood. I'm not going to get too detailed about it, but I am going to be broad. So those of you that weren't here or those of you that were here, we can get a little refreshing, Okay. So basically, we know she had an issue. It was a heavy issue. She was bleeding for 12 years. She was in isolation, and she needed a miracle. She heard Jesus was coming into town, and how many of you know that Jesus, glory be to God, can shift anything in one moment. You can be healed in an instant. Hallelujah. And Jesus... Uh, was in town and he was this is not just some ordinary man this is Jesus so anywhere he goes he went squatted the disciples were all around him uh, uh, multitudes were around him this woman with the issue of blood knew that Jesus was there she said if I can just touch the hem of his garment I will be saved I will be healed and that's exactly what happened. The, 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 uh, they were in the multitudes. This woman went, reached in, just touched the hem of his garment, which is basically the bottom part of his cloaks or hem or, the, you know, of his garment. The bottom part. It's not, the Bible was, not, was very specific that it was the hem of his garment. And I believe it's because that way you can see Jesus' reaction. It's not like someone grabbed him by the hair or grabbed him by the ankle or, you know, when you feel some, it's like when a fly touches, somebody just touches you, you know, you don't really feel that. But if someone were to grab your ankle, then you would turn around and say, who touched me? But the fact is, this woman never grabbed him like that. He, she touched the hem of his garment. And there's a bunch of people all around Jesus. So why did Jesus turn around and say, who touched me? Oh, because you see, that's where Jesus already, then the woman came, and then she got on her knees, and then the Lord looked at her. Jesus said to her, your faith has healed you. Come on now. You see, there's power in your faith. And I, and, I, and I specifically believe that this is the way it was because it shows us and it makes us realize that there's so much power in your faith. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Jesus himself turned around. And that, her faith healed her. And that was what we spoke on last, last uh, the beginning, uh, two weeks ago. First series, hard for me to say two weeks ago. I always talk last week, right? I'm here. Hallelujah. But yes. And also we spoke on true faith versus fake faith. What's, what is that? What do you mean by faith? Faith, well, a lot of us have dealt with this type of faith before. Because remember, faith without works is dead. So if you have, you can have a, a fake faith, meaning you can maybe believe for something, but if you don't achieve it, then that's not real faith because you didn't put a corresponding action behind it it's happened many times people have visions god will tell you to do something god will tell you to believe for something you may have a desire in your heart but not all the time people get what they want or what they desire because they don't put action towards what they're believing we gotta have a legacy type of faith hallelujah that we do and put action towards what we say and what we believe amen Hallelujah. And in order for you to get that and receive that faith, excuse me, receive what you're believing for. 
I also spoke on you must be able to stretch. Reach out, stretch. Stretching is an uncomfortable process, but you see, it's in the process. It's in the day to day. I gave you the, I gave an example of actually stretching. You know, if you want to be able to do a split one day, you know, I cannot do it. But if I ever wanted to do it, I would have to, you know, keep on stretching little by little. Because if I stretch too far right away, and sometimes what happens is we get frustrated. You have a big vision. You have big goals. God puts something in your heart, but you don't get it when you want it. You get frustrated, and then you give up on your dream. But you see, sometimes God doesn't give you what you want right away because you need to go through a process. Because if you try to extend too much, what will happen? You're going to suffer a serious injury. Am I right? If you're with me, church, say amen. We got to go through a process. We got to stretch day by day. Believe day by day and not give up. Someone say amen. So we got to continue to stretch it's an uncomfortable process. People want the end result without having to go through the process. You see, that's the problem. You got to get that out of your mind. You got to understand that every single day is a stretch. Every single day, you have to, un you have to continue to believe. You got to put one step forward every single day. And don't get weary. Do not faint. Do not lose heart. Because that's what the enemy wants. Oh, God promised you this, but you're so far away. Hey, but I'm headed in the right direction. I have a promise. I'm going to continue to go. I'm going to continue to fight because my king made a promise. And I'm going to believe it regardless of what I'm going through right now. Someone say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. And now, which leads me to my next point. Let's talk about part two. Hallelujah. Look what Billy Graham said. How many of you know who Billy Graham is? If you don't, it's okay. Billy Graham is pioneer. You know, he, not, he doesn't go way back like the Apostle Paul. But in the last 100, 150 years, he died in 2018. I had the privilege to meet him uh, before he passed. I was probably around like 18 years old, 17 years old when I met him. He was already older, but his crusades, and he's a man of faith. And if you haven't heard him, one day put it on YouTube, or he's even on the XM radio station. Sometimes I want to just hear some old school gospel and some old school preachings. And, man, he's an anointed, he was an anointed, an anointed individual. And, uh, you know, I got a quote from him, and this was a really good one. Look what it says here, because we're speaking on legacy. Billy Graham said, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is the legacy of character and faith. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the words, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would, would use me as an instrument, Father God, as your vessel to those of you that are here, those of you that are watching live right now on the internet, and those of you that may see this throughout the week on YouTube. Father, we thank you in advance for what you're doing and what you will continue to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. So... I'm going to sum this down in eight important parts. If you have your phones, if you have a pen or a paper, and if not, you can always, once again, hear this preaching on YouTube. This is very important, okay? And I believe that if you don't, we'll, we'll help you guys out. And next week, I'll talk to uh, Yuli and the team, and we'll make a, a list of these eight points, okay? And that way, you can keep this with you. Uh, I normally, when I don't, I don't always run, walk around with a pen or a pad, but I do put on the notes on my phone, 
okay? Hopefully you're not texting. I'm believing you're not. But if you know, it's okay. If you are, I pray to God you're not. Just don't distract the person next to you, please. Now, number one, point number one, eight important, eight important things to know about leaving a legacy of faith. Number one, start from scratch. You got to start. Someone say start. Psalm 145.4 says, one generation shall commend your work to another. But you have to commend the work to another. And this was King James Version, by the way, the one I'm reading. And, sh and shall declare your mighty acts. You must get started. In order for something to continue on, in order for you to leave a legacy, you must start. Very important. The car, you want it to work? Well, you got to start it, right? Amen. Important quote, the life you live is the legacy you leave. Hallelujah. Some of you may be thinking, how can I leave a legacy of faith? When I never grew up to be a, you know, I never grew around anyone that was Christian. I may, may not have ever had anyone teach me about the things of the Lord. How is it possible that I can leave to my children or not even to my children so I can be a testimony to someone else? Well, the most beautiful thing is, is that this isn't only for a selected few individuals. You don't need to be the Apostle Paul. You don't need to be Billy Graham. You don't even need to be me up here sweating talking to you. You don't even, one thing you do need to do is... Be a Christian and believe that Jesus Christ died for you. You got to be part of the family. And then it doesn't matter. This isn't for a select few. It is for everyone. For everyone that is a believer in Jesus Christ. You can start from scratch. Some of the most powerful men and women and families had began their walk without even having Jesus. And there's a big example my father that spent right there, he was raised Catholic, but it wasn't until he, uh, he was like, he was, what, 25 years old, 35 years old. I don't know exactly when it was. I know it was 1970 something that he received the Lord really and got an awakening. And guess what? He never had a father, mother, or anyone to look up to. So anyone can leave a legacy. This is for you. Give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two, you must be willing to leave your current legacy. Wow. See, that one's a little bit different. What do you mean by leave your legacy? Well, there's two things here. And I'm going to get to the main story of who left their legacy. And let's start from the very beginning. And let's go to Genesis 12, 1 through 2. In the New International Version, Verge Version, Version, say that proper, NIV. Let's put it up for them. Come on, fellas. Hallelujah. Here we go. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Next verse. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. You see, he had a current legacy where he was and God told him something else. You see, we all currently have a legacy. It may not necessarily, all of us may not necessarily have a legacy of faith, which we are going to change that in the name of Jesus today, if that isn't the case with you. But you do have a legacy. And maybe your legacy is not where God wants you to be planning. He may tell you to go. 
It may be go somewhere physically. It may be something, go, go do this, go do that. I don't know. I'm not God, but you have your relationship with God, and we're called to be obedient because I want to go where God tells me to go because where God is, that's where I'm going to leave my, have my legacy of faith. Hallelujah. And that's where the blessing is. Now, there could be another type that you have to leave, and this is another type of, this is on the flip side of the one I just told you. Some people have a legacy of poverty, sickness, negativity, abuse, lies, deceitfulness, jealousy, envy, and the list can keep going on. That's also a legacy, believe it or not. And though that's generate, God is a God of generations. And you know what? Unfortunately, there's things that are curses that are also generational, and that's that legacy. You see, you got to get out of that legacy. God doesn't want you to be in there. If you see that that's happening to you, you need to break free. You got to break free from that. Addictions, jealousy, envy, stress. There's a lot of different things that are not of God that many of us deal with. That we need to break loose. That we need to let go. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I don't care what legacy you think you have, how many, your grandfather, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your father, whatever. If it is not a God, you need to break free. How do you break free? Through Christ. Give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> Glory. Point number three, church, are you with me? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Number three, have a personal experience on your own with God. Let's look at this verse right here, Psalm 6301. In the beginning it says, oh God, you are my God. Remember that song, Kathy? Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I don't know the rest, so chill. <laughs> but another day we'll sing that hymn. Old school hymn, right? Beautiful hymn. But right there, oh God, you are my God. You see, you need to have an experience with your God. You see, you can never do, I can never do what you do. You can't do what I do. We are all unique. We all have our own DNA. We all have our own fingerprint. Your worship will be different than mine. So stop trying to compare your relationship with God with someone else. Have your own experience with your God. Am I right? Well, that's what the Bible says. God, you are my God. And you see, you have to understand that your own personal relationship with God, I don't care who brought you to church. I'm happy whoever brought you to church. I'm happy that you're in love with your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife that brought you here to church and gave you the most beautiful experience. But stop trying to compare yourself with them. And don't compare yourself with me, and don't compare yourself with the other one, or the other minister. Of the, no, that, that experience is, 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 is unique, and it's only going to be with you and God. And you have to have that number three point is extremely important. You need to have your own experience, personal experience with God. Hallelujah. You have to have... Your own story with God. An experience that's unique to you and to him. Amen? Hallelujah. Number four. Find your faith family. Well, let's look what it says here in Psalm 92, 
13 in the New King James Version. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So you need to be planted in the house of the Lord. Well, now, hold on, Albert, listen one second. What happens with the church is out of church and we're the body of Christ? And yes, that's true. We don't have to necessarily come to church, right, to be a believer. I can't beat these people that are watching me online right now. But guess what? There's something called a family. And I'm not talking about a physical one because it could, you could have a, your family that's, you know, your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters, your cousins and uncles and all that good stuff. Amen to that. But I know people that have their own family, but they're not, that's not a, they're, like, they're the only ones that love God. And the rest of their family does not. So I, that would, I wouldn't, that's not considered a family of God. Now, hang on. What I mean by this, you can declare things, continue to pray for your true core central family, amen, that one day they will receive and understand and repent to God, amen. But what I mean by family here is us together. This is your house. You got to have another believer that you can share your testimony with. We're not meant to live this life alone. Look what it says here on, on, in Psalm 68.6. It says, God sets the solitary in families. I don't know why that's there like that, but it's fine. This is what it says here. God sets the solitary in families. And, this, and when you see that, the solitary means a person. There it is. Okay, good. Man, we'll, we'll get there. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm like, hey, bro, I'm bringing them the word of God. It's like, where did this guy make this up? <laughs> Good. I'm not making this up. I got to back everything up with the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. God sets the solitary in families. What does solitary mean? Someone that is by themselves. He wants you to be in a family. This is your house. Be planted here. Amen. Hallelujah. And there could be times where you can go outside of these walls and link up with your friends. Talk about Jesus. That's why we have small groups. That's another type of family. Amen. This is very important. This is why the church is called the house of the Lord. This is the house of God. Why? Well, because this is a house where all of us believers in Christ. Amen. We're a family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number five. This is, yeah, they're all very important. But these are going to, this is just epic right here. Build your whole life on the word of God. Look what it says here, Matthew 7, 24 in the English standard version. Said that one, right? Hallelujah. ESV. It says here, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. How many of you have your want to build your house on a rock and not on the sand? How many of you have your foundation, hallelujah, on, on, on strong ground? You see, it's right there. Hear these words of mine. It will be like you and does them. Hear them and do them. Oh, that's perfect. Hears them and does them. Faith, huh? You believe, put action. You hear and you do. And then you will have his, you'll be a wise man who has built his house on the rock. Hallelujah. 
That means you work overtime to make sure everything you do, everything you say, everything you believe is based on the word of God. It means speaking protection when others speak danger. It means life when people are speaking death. It means speaking prosperity when everyone else is speaking of the economic downturn. It means staying out of debt even though you really want to get whatever it is you want to get because everyone else has it. Does it really want to, do you really want to do that? Come on, we're in Miami. Don't play like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when you build your whole life on the word of God, you're living a legacy of faith. Hallelujah. Number six, church, are you with me? Say amen. Good, good. I know we're learning here something great. Hallelujah. Number six, share your glory story, your testimony. Look what it says here. Some of you may be saying, oh, but I don't want to show off. Well, listen, man, God's telling you to let other people know what he did for you, he can do for them. And it's not bragging now when it comes to something like this. Because the people that know you and know what you've been through and now where you are, you see that is a testimony, and that could change their lives. Amen? Look what it says here, one, Psalm 145.4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Hallelujah. When you're victorious in this life through Christ, you can have your own legacy of faith by sharing the glory, your glory story. It's not only meant for you, but you see, when you tell it to your kids, your grandkids, when you tell it to others, then what happens is then they, they change and then they have their own legacy because then they tell their kids, their friends, and this doesn't stop. That's a beautiful thing. Look what it says in Deuteronomy eleven nineteen NIV. It says, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That means you got to tell everybody, man. Once you're in your car, when you're in the airport, when you're in the pharmacy, when you're in your job, when you're in, along the road means your life, your story, where you're at. Tell people about your story, how Jesus has changed your life. It'll not only help your own personal bloodline lineage legacy when you're speaking in terms of your children and your future and your generation but the people around you as well amen number seven i'm almost done we got eight of them okay hallelujah keep walking this is not a johnny walker commercial this is what this is serious stuff forget about johnny walker has nothing to do with this well, that is what they say, keep walking, right? I've seen it on TV. Okay, guys, don't look at me all weird. Keep walking. Say, keep walking. Psalm 27, 13 in the New King James. It said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed, glory be to God, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You see, we would have lost heart. But because of what God did, hallelujah, we don't. I would have lost heart unless, you see, now I know that I would see the goodness of the Lord. When you act, let me get to it now. The goodness of God is, is, is it's undescribable. 
it is so deep and so profound. We, I can, if you really have understood what I'm saying and you have experienced this, you'll know there is, there is no definition or you can't describe how, the, how profound God's goodness is towards you, our lives. How good he's been to us, the doors that have been open, the places that I used to be in now where I'm at, before I was blind, now I can see. And all the other, and so many different opportunities. Sometimes we grow weary, but then when we think of the goodness of God, and how he loved us so much that he gave his only son for you and I, man, and for everyone. And it's just, an, it's an amazing thing how, how, you know, we, we get to certain places in life and we realize certain things and then God just continues to show us more and more and more and help us more. And when the more you trust in him and the more you get in his word, the more you understand the goodness, the more when you're reading and the, the, the word of the Lord and it becomes revelation knowledge to you, when it's just an awakening from within and then you see, wow, God, thank you because he's so good. And he, he, does, he wants you to be victorious in every area of our lives. And it's important that you continue to keep living by faith, to keep obeying God, to move when he tells you to move, to go when he tells you to go, and to stay when he tells you to stay, to be patient when you need to be patient, to trust in him, trust in me. When I, earlier when I spoke about the weight, hey, I'm your rest, I'm your hiding place, get all of your weight off of you and put it on me. This is what, this is, this, these things aren't easy to do, especially if you're a person that's OCD, <laughs> a controlling individual that likes to have everything under control. There's things that are, you can't control. There's going to be an exterior situation that you can't control, and you need to just trust and lean on God. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Amen. The walk of faith can seem long at times. Yes, it can. Very. It can seem very long at times. That's because it's a process. It's a lifestyle. This is an everyday walk. Every single day. Keep walking. Keep going. And then, if you are obedient and you continue to keep walking and keep going, you are guaranteed to arrive at your destination and then once you get to that, that destination, God's going to give you another one. And then you start again. Because this life doesn't end until you were in paradise with him. You continue to keep walking. Hallelujah. And then, how do you keep walking? Well, point number eight. And lastly, don't give up. Say, I won't give up up hallelujah say it again i come on i won't give up hallelujah galatians 6 9 in the new king james and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart we cannot lose heart. We cannot give up. We can't. Some people think it's all on God, and listen, he's already done it all. It's, it's now up to us to not give up. 
You see, because it's up to us to trust and believe. Yeah, everything's faith-based. What do you mean? God is in control of everything. Well, if you really want to, if you really want to know what's going down, God already has done it all. He has conquered the grave. Hallelujah. He is the creator, but what happened when Adam and Eve sinned, now the earth has been cursed. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Why? Because we all have sinned. Oh, so then what does that mean? Well, then now Jesus had to pay a price. He died on the cross through his blood. Now we have to believe in order to receive it. So God is not the one. It's not up to God anymore. He's done it. It's up to you to believe. Yup, some of you are like, what? Yes. It's up to us to believe in what God has for you and the promises he has for you in order to obtain them. Through your faith and keeping on walking and never giving up. And then you shall reap. Glory be to God if you don't lose heart. That's on us. It's not God's fault that things are happening in this world. It's our fault that negative things happen in this world. I'm being honest with you. Whoa, what do you mean? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Because if it's up to us to believe, you either, everything in life is a seed. What are you planting in your life? That's what you're going to reap. That's what you're going to receive. Whatever you sow, you reap. Some people call it karma. Some people call it whatever goes around, comes around. I like to call it what the word of God says. I like to call it sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. All right? And if you're reaping things that are not good, then listen, my God, my Bible says that my God is good. If there's something that's not good in my life, that's not coming from my king. That's not coming from God because God is good. God doesn't operate in bad. That's what we need to fix. We need to take and we need to repent for whatever it is we need to do. We need to make the adjustment and we can ask God, hallelujah, to give us the strength. Because you can do all things through Christ. Hallelujah. That gives you the strength. Put your hands together if you believe that. Stand to your feet, church. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you give up, then you'll mess up the legacy.